Um, good morning. It's great to see you. Um, right, just to say that um, during the month of October, our Sundays are going to look a little bit different. Um, so, oh, there was a little murmur there. It was very exciting. Um, really, we just feel as a team that God has kind of slightly stopped us in our tracks um, and that he really wants to get hold of us and get our attention. Um, really, since the beginning of this term, as we began to meet as elders and talk about God, what God was doing, we just felt it was right that we shouldn't press on with our normal program. So we've kind of put back the preaching series that we were planning to start at this point, uh, because we just want to leave space, really, for God to do what he wants to do and for him to speak to us. And, and uh, amazingly, Nick was just saying to me, um, it just feels already today that God's kind of laying the foundations for that, really. And uh, we just believe that he wants to speak to us about uh, our holiness, about obedience to him, about where we are before him in our lives, how we're responding to him and how we're living. And I think he wants to challenge us on some things in the light of what he's called us to and what is down the road. Um, I won't say any more right now. Uh, during October, we're going to leave space. We'll get some input, uh, allow time for God to speak to us and for us to respond to that. But uh, right now, uh, Nick's going to kick off just by uh, bringing something that... Uh, prophetically came to him at the beginning of September and we're just going to use that by way of introduction really and then I'll just explain some more in a bit. Okay yeah I mean I, I guess uh, this isn't going to be a preach uh, as uh, a standard sort of preach as it were. I'm uh, just going to take about 15 to 20 minutes just to share as Nigel said something that God uh, laid on my heart and which I shared with the elders and which was confirmed by a number of words from um, prophetic words and pictures and uh, messages from other people within the body. So this isn't just a, you know, a, a me thing. Um, uh, but certainly, uh, you know, towards the middle of August, uh, coming into, you know, towards September, etc. God, I found that every time we gathered as a body into this place, the word, you know, God was speaking. It would start in the prayer meeting. And if you don't come to the prayer meeting, here is an invite to come to the prayer meeting before the service. And there would be a theme. There would be, someone would bring a word. We would start to pray into it. And then in the service, it would follow through. Completely different set of people would bring the word. The music, the preaching, everything. God was just speaking to us. It was kind of like repetitively. And that was happening to me at home as well. And myself and my wife. The words, we, you know, would switch on the... Uh, Christian radio or would read, a, 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 you know, our Bibles or read a dedication or, you know, put it to, you know, a Christian TV or something. And the messages were consistent. There was a theme that God is about to do something. And that's the sort of thing that should get the people of God excited. Guys, I just said, God is about to do something. Well, well, you are right that God is always doing something, but there are seasons there are seasons of acceleration. There are seasons of revival. There are seasons where the truth of the gospel comes alive to a town. It doesn't happen every day. And it happens when these people step into what he's doing and saying. So as I start to speak, and please listen to me, because I know there will be different receptive responses to this. There will be several ways you can receive this. You can sit here and you can hear, hang on, are we edging towards legalism? That's a response. 
let me start by saying that it is by grace we are saved, not by works, lest any man boast. Yeah? So I am not here talking about our salvation as Christians. That is not the context. Amen? Whew. So, God was speaking, and God was speaking continually to us. So much so that actually there was a really strange thing that happened. We just finished, myself and my wife, watching something on TV, turned it off, and we were just talking. Not doing anything, not speaking out loud, but do you guys know Alexa? Have you heard of Alexa? Yeah? No instructions, no request, no nothing. Alexa just comes on and a song starts to play, which is absolutely in line with what we had been listening to. And that's weird. And there was only one other time that's actually happened to me as a Christian, where I went away to pray. And I was, and I, I don't know if I've shared this before, I don't think I have. And I sat down in a room that was tilled off, there's no draft or anything, and my Bible pages started to turn. And I thought, oh. And that was preceding. So I am saying that God is about to do something. We're about to go into, we're coming to a new season, church. And when the word of the Lord starts to come, it starts to come because it is, some foundations are being laid. Some things are being set out because God is about to do something different in this town. Can I hear an Amen. Who wants to see the gospel break out in Swindon? Yeah? Are we seeing it at the moment? We see it in patches. Who wants this room filled with people seeking the Lord Jesus? Do we, are all our seats full? Sorry, I did say it wasn't going to be a preach. So... So God showed me this scripture, even today, just one last thing, even today when we were in the prayer meeting, you know, we're, we're already talking about God's goodness and his greatness and his wholesomeness, his mightiness, and we're, you know, the prayer, and it, it's come through in the word that was brought, it's come through in the, you know, the worship. So I said to Nigel, God is laying the foundation for what we're about to say. And I'm about to share the story of a character in the Bible that God used to speak to me. And I believe this is speaking to us. It's what he's calling us to in the days ahead. If you have your Bible, can you please open to Judges chapter 6? And so I'm going to read through the story of Gideon in the Bible. And I'm going to draw out some, some stuff that God was sharing with me, and which I brought to the elders, and it was weighed and thought, actually, this is, to, this is true. And other people had similar words. So it's not about me. It's not about us. It's about God who's doing something amongst us now. Um, I will read, and I'll, I'll share. So I'm just going to read through this scripture. Uh, Judges chapter 6, verse 1. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Starting point, the Israelites, were they the children of God or not? They were the people of God, right? So the people of God did evil in the eyes of the, of the Lord, and he gave them over to the hands of the Midianites. Full stop. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, in caves and strongholds. 
Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel. Neither sheep, nor nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. So here are people of God. They've done evil in the eyes of God. And God says, okay. And then these people come and really there is no fruitfulness because as they start to gain fruit, it is taken away. I don't know what our lands are like. I don't know how you would interpret the nation and the nations of the world at this time. So Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet. Everybody say he sent them a prophet. What does that mean? Basically, he sent his word. The prophetic, very often in seasons where God is doing something new and something fresh and something Amazing, it is preceded by the prophetic. So he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. As Christians, we've been delivered, we're no longer slaves to sin. Amen. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians. And I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. And the Lord is saying to us, do not worship the gods of the nations. Do not worship the gods in whose land you live. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. So we're introduced to a character, we're introduced to somebody called Gideon. And what is he doing? He's threshing wheat in a winepress. Yeah, wheat in a winepress. So he's hiding this from the Midianites. Here here we're introduced to Gideon, who is a fearful sort of person. Not very confident in himself. And so he is, and he's hiding. Threshing wheat in a wine press. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And that's what God is doing in this time. I love that, that word, that ear, and that scripture that you brought. Because God is saying to those who in this place would say, I, th- I am a failure. I think I'm a failure. Or, who am I? I'm a nobody. Or, what can I do? I can't do anything. God is saying, you mighty warrior. In this next season, you are a mighty warrior in his hands. So there's encouragement here, Right? So God calls Gideon a mighty warrior. And then Gideon says, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is indeed with us, why has all this happened to us? Well, if God is with us, why is there so much 
X in the world. Why is there so much Y? Why is this? Why do people die? Why do we have these things happen? If God is indeed with us, do we ask those questions today? Sorry? Yeah? This, this is not a preach, so it can be a bit more interactive. Uh, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? Where are all his wonders? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? When they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And the Lord is saying to us, go in the strength that we have in him. Is he not sending us? And this is where you see Gideon. You see, you know, I said he has a fearful sort of disposition. He says, pardon me, my Lord. Always pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. So this is Gideon said, well, if it is you, Lord... And I would have thought, well, the Lord said, do not test. So I'm thinking, but then the Lord says, I will wait until you return. And so Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah of flour, he made bread without yeast, putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the yoke. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. The, the fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. Wow, if I'm Gideon, I'm one. Yeah? If, if I'm Gideon, someone touches rock with staff, fire comes out, consumes the meat that's, that's saturated with broth, and it's not petrol, I would be, Whoa! I can run anywhere. I can do anything, right? Yes? Yeah? I've just seen a miracle. So that's my cue to just run out and do everything that I've been told to do. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. And the word peace there is shalom. And that's the first place where Gideon, so Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. To this day, it stands in offer of the Abel's rights. That's the first place in the Bible that the Lord, the Lord Jehovah Shalom, that's the first place it's used. And so he says to, 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 uh, to Gideon, peace, peace be unto you. That same night, the Lord said to him, take the second bull, that same night. The Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that's seven years old. 
number of completion. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord, your God, on the top of this height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you had cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So what does Gideon do? So Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord told him. Amen? But listen, but because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. So that's Gideon's fear showing through again. But guess what? He did it. So God in this season is calling us to be, to be afraid and do it. It's calling us into a season of obedience. Calling, off into, calling us into a season to hear him and to be obedient to what he tells us to do, even when we are afraid. In the morning, when the people of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished with the Asherah pole beside it cut down and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. They asked each other, who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. The people of the town demanded of Joash, bring out your son, he must die, because he's broken down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him, are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal is really a god, or if Baal really is a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. So because Gideon broke down Baal's altar, they gave him the name Jerubal, that say, saying, let Baal contend with him. So suddenly, Gideon, Gideon's life is transformed. He's identified as one who contends with those gods that are raised up against the name of God. Now all the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. This is important, folks. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abedrites to follow him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms, and also into Asher, Zebulon, and Naphtali, so that they too may meet up, so that they too went up to meet him. About 32,000 people gathered to be led by Gideon. But what happened? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Amen? And in this next season, we know that the Spirit of God is coming upon His people again for a fresh move. He's pouring out His Spirit again. He's filling us with His Spirit again to do something specific in this time. So we see that God is a loving and kind God because Gideon, having experienced all of this, still says to God, If you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there's dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. And this is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more test with the fleece. For this time, make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry all the ground was covered with dew. I was, when I read this again, I was reminded that actually, it's not about us. Gideon, how many times had he disqualified himself? 
Pardon me. Oh, just one more thing. Can I have this test? Can I have that test? Can you show me this? So God, at the end of the day, what God saw through was Gideon's heart and ultimately his obedience. Right in the center of that scripture, God asked him to tear down the altars, the idols, the altar of Baal. And I believe we're coming into a season, and this is the crunch point. This is the central theme of what I'm sharing, or what I believe God is saying to me. This is not about our salvation. This is about if we want to walk in everything that God has for us, in his plans and his purposes, into, in the next season, God is going to require that we pull down every idol, everything that we have raised up against him, everything that is higher than him to us, whether that be a job, relationship, finances, whatever, that nothing can be higher than God in this next season if we're to experience all that he wants to do in and through us. And then the second thing is that we have to have a spirit of obedience. So you're born again, you're saved, you're going to heaven, but there is a blessing that is beyond that on the earth now. There is something that God wants to do with his people and he needs a radical people at this time that will stand as an army. That would say, we put aside everything, every weight that would prevent us from running the race that God has called us to run. And this challenged me. What is more important to God than, what is more important to me than God? What in my life? What are the idols that I have? What are the things that I say, God, you can have everything else. Everything else is yours, but you can't touch this. This, this bit here is, this is, this is, I can't give this to you. I can't put that job down. I can't stop that relationship, even though I know it doesn't please you. I'm offended when somebody says something to me because I'm not seeing the bigger picture that actually I'm here in this church for you. Because I have idolized myself. I've idolized my comfort. I've idolized my Status, have idolized whatever it is, anything that is lifted up above God. That's what God is calling us to in this season. This is a season where, folks, we will pray and we will see answers. Moti, you received it. This is a season where we will pray and we will see answers. So more people have received it. This is a season where we will pray and we will see answers. This is where we need to go, folks. Where people know that actually we're sold out to God. Because doesn't he deserve it? Doesn't he? We've been singing about how worthy God is. So this is not about your salvation. This is not a legalistic, you know, by works or whatever. And I know some people... Uh, could interpret it as such, but I pray that the Spirit of God will minister into your hearts and you'll hear what God is saying. What idols, what, what have we placed above God? What is more important? What things will we not put aside? What things are we unwilling to give up? That's what I believe God is sharing with us. Nick, um, one of these days we'll get Nick to preach. <laughs> he said it wasn't preach. Pretty good preach, I reckon. Um, 
So we believe that God is speaking to us. Um, we believe that he's inviting us really to move forward, uh, to prepare really for what's ahead. And I just want to emphasize this is because of what God has called us to. This is not in the abstract. Actually, there's a big calling on us, we believe. There's big things uh, that he's promised us, that he's put in front of us. Um, I don't know if you were there at the Wyvern when Colin was kind of setting out where we are in terms of vision. And he said it's no small thing that we've been called to. And it's in that context, I think, that God wants to get hold of us. Also, just to say, it's in the light of where we are and what God is already doing, we know, amongst us. So if you look at what God is doing in Swindon, there's something unique and something new, we believe, uh, that we're seeing that God is doing. So bringing together different churches, uh, particularly through Good News for Swindon. Uh, some of you will have been to the prayer meetings and the different events. Actually, it's something that we haven't seen before. The way that God is joining hearts uh, and uniting people for the sake of the advance of the gospel in Swindon. There's something that God is doing in this town. We're excited about it. We want to press into it. Uh, please, again, as Callum said, do come on the 28th to hear Terry Virgo. I believe that will be significant into what God's doing in Swindon. It's in the light of that. It's also in the light of uh, what God is doing wider afield, our family of churches and others. Um, as leaders, we've been uh, together uh, in London this last week with other leaders from regions beyond churches um, across the UK. And there is just a sense that God is moving. There's a, there's a hunger. There is an excitement about what God is doing. Steve Oliver, who leads uh, Regions Beyond, was sharing some stories, and we'll seek to uh, feed them in over the coming weeks as well so that you can get a flavor of that. But um, he was just sharing that if just over the last tw 12 months uh, uh, in Regions Beyond that 32 new churches have been planted. It's not a massive family of churches. 100 and something we're up to. I think, are we up to 170? Was it about that? Is that right in terms of churches? But 32 new churches planted in the last year. And there just is a sense of momentum. So God, we just believe that God is on the move. And, and what he's doing with us is to prepare us for what is ahead. So that's why we want to be um, serious with him, really. One of the things that um, Steve Oliver, uh, who leads Regions Beyond, was sharing with us from Exodus 23. And I, it really, this really... Uh, stuck with me in terms of where we are and he's he, he quoted Exodus 23 if you will this is to the Israelites if you will listen carefully and do all that I say then little by little you will take hold of you will take possession of the land that I've promised you amen God has promised us some big things uh, but there's an if there if we will be obedient to him if we will listen to what he's saying. So just right now where we are, we want to make sure that we give space to listen to him and to allow us the space to respond to what he's saying so that we might be obedient to him in these days, so that he might do all that he has purposed to do amongst us. So as I say, through uh, October and the Sundays, we're going to leave space. We'll leave space for, uh, there's already some other prophetic contributions that we're going to feed in next week. Uh, and then we'll, we'll see where we go really, but we want uh, to respond. We want to pray for one another. We want to worship. We want to seek God together as his people and really get hold of what he wants to do with us at the moment. So I hope you're up for that. He's saying, will you be serious with me? He's saying, will you examine your hearts? So yeah, we will make space. We don't want to miss what God is doing. That's the, that's the key thing. And when we met as elders at the start of this term, we just really felt that God arrested us and spoke to us so clearly. And that, uh, and 
we knew that it was important also that that started with us. We don't just want to get up here and kind of say, oh, everybody needs to respond. But actually, we are, as Nick just said, we are examining our own hearts. We're saying, God, where are we at with you? We want to make sure that we're prioritizing our own time with God and all of that so that we can uh, be obedient and lead effectively in these days. And as part of that, um, I want to just share with you something uh, that we really feel God is doing in terms of um, Colin and Emma right now. Um, and just by way of background, as with all families where there's additional needs, I'm, I'm not sure on the whole that we realize quite what is involved from day to day in terms of caring um, and the pressure really that that puts on the primary carer and also on the family at large. And Emma, as the primary carer in their household, has carried that role for 19 years now, balancing it with family life, with three other children, and with their responsibilities in Gateway as well. Um, they, as a family, live with a lot of pressure, and we believe some very unique challenges. And re recently, I think as elders, we just feel like um, that they have felt the impact of the build-up of that pressure over time. Um, in a particular way of, of all that they carry. And so as we've talked and prayed as elders, uh, we really believe right now that um, Colin should have a three-month break from his gateway responsibilities. And the more we've talked and prayed about that, the clearer we are that that is what God is speaking to us about at this point. We feel very peaceful and very clear about that. So the three months is going to start from the end of October. We're not calling it a sabbatical as such, um, because it's not really a sabbatical in the usual sense, but we do believe that it's a time uh, where they have more space as a family that God is going to use um, in some specific ways. And there's some key elements that we believe should be part of this three months. So there will be a time, a period of time, where Colin will be able to um, take over the primary carer role from Emma in order to release her and to give her some space. We believe that they will be able to invest time in their marriage and their family. We want to facilitate some specialist outside input into the particular challenges that they face as a family. And also we want to give Colin time to seek God, both for himself and for the next season of Gateway. And in terms of all that we're saying about where we are, we just feel that that is a key part of what God is doing right now. It's important to say that none of this changes our plans for the future, in, uh, in particular the stuff that we've recently announced at the Wyvern, our third site in Royal Wooden Bassett, and all of the other things that we believe God's called us to. We do clearly believe that as a team, as a leadership team, we are rightly shaped for the future, for what God has for us down the road. So really this is about regrouping in preparation for what we believe God has for us ahead. Which, going back to what we've been saying, is what actually we believe that all of us should be doing. Actually, is taking that time to examine where we are before God, regrouping because of what we believe is ahead. Uh, so Colin will have a three-month break from the end of October from Gateway Responsibilities. As a team, we will be very much in touch with uh, and spending time with Colin and Emma during this time. But they won't be taking part in the public life of Gateway. Um, we believe that... The way we'll operate as a leadership team during this time is pretty straightforward. So Al will continue to lead the east site as he does now. I will lead this west site and as elders together, we will lead the church as a whole. And of course, at these moments, it's a great moment for us all to step up and to press in and to 
put our hands to the pump in terms of what God is doing and how great that is only uh, a couple of weeks ago actually that we laid hands um, on the site teams really to help us build and to strengthen and to really invest into all that we're doing in the site. So uh, that is absolutely key. Um, we need to release these guys in a minute to go and uh, speak to the East and communicate with them in the same way. Um, so just to say, we won't take questions now, but if you have any questions about this or any concerns or anything you want to talk about, please do come and talk to one of us as elders. What we'd love to do right now is to pray for Colin and Emma and the family. Um, uh, just get round them and bless them as they prepare for this kind of time with a bit more space. Um, and then we're going to release them to go and do the, uh, to go and talk to the East as well. So guys, why don't you come up? I hope that's okay. Um, anyone from the site team? Let's have the site team, elders and wives. Let's come and gather around them. Yeah, Jude, come on. We'll pray for you as well. Anyone who's here. Come on. Up you come. Site team, where are you? I hope that made sense. Let's pray. Nick, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, Father, Lord, we just want to thank you, Lord, that you are about something in this town and in Gateway. Thank you, Lord, that uh, your, your plans and your purposes for us are set. Thank you for your leading. Thank you, Lord, that, yes, you are about to do something. You're always at work, but, Father, Lord, you are on the move at this time. And we thank you, Lord, for the t this time of preparation for Colin. We want to thank you for this time of strengthening for Colin. We lift, Colin, we lift you and your family up. We know that the Lord is with you. We know that his, his, yeah, his favor is upon you. And so, Father, we just ask for your blessing upon Colin and Emma in this time. We pray, Lord, for yeah, your blessing upon them as a couple, on, on the whole of the family, upon their house. We pray for a season of strengthening. And I pray for that for fresh vision and fresh, yeah, strength and, yeah, that as it were, that we would hear your voice calling to him again, mighty man of valor, mighty warrior. This is what I would have you do. This is how I would have you lead in the, in the next. And, and Father, yeah, come and surround them with everything that they need for this next season, oh God. Everything that they need. May they experience your goodness. Your mercy, your favor, your strength, your power at work in their lives. Yeah, I pray, Lord, for a forerunning, a forerunning into the next, an experience of your goodness, of, yeah, miraculous answers to prayers, of, yeah, come on, bless these guys, Lord. We lift them up to you. Can I just invite you to stand? Let's raise our hands so that we're all involved in this. This is us together as God's people. Yeah, Father, we want to pray for your blessing on this family. Lord, we thank you so much for them. We thank you for the gift that they are to us, Lord, individually, as a body, Lord, to this town, to what you're doing. And Father, we just want to pray that you would do them so much good in this season. Lord, we are, we, we are seeking to be obedient to you, Lord. We're seeking to follow uh, in, in what you would have us do. And Lord, as we do that, we know that you will bless. We know that you will do good. And so, Father, we pray, pour out your spirit upon them. Meet with them. Encounter them as a family, Lord. Refresh them. Strengthen them. 
Equip them, anoint them afresh, Lord. We pray that their home might be filled with your presence, Lord. We pray that they would hear your voice. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, fill them with peace and joy. Lord, we just we want the very best for them, Father. And we just pray that you would uh, bring the right people alongside them to serve them. Lord, that you would provide for them in every way that they need. Lord, we, we love them and we lift them to them to you, Lord. And we say, God, break in. Be, be Refresh them. Be, cause fruitfulness to come, Lord. Cause joy and laughter and fun and love to come, Lord. Strengthen them in you, Lord. May they be filled with your spirit, we pray in these days. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.